Hey everybody, it is B of the Galactic Dads Podcast. This week we don't have a new episode for you from our show, but we don't want to leave you empty-handed. So what we're going to do is we're going to share with you episode 3 of the Force Dyad Podcast. It is our spin-off show of the Galactic Dads Media Network. It is hosted by Jedi John and Obi Sean. And they'll be diving into episodes 2 and 3 of The Bad Batch. So we hope that you guys enjoy this, and we will be back with something fresh for you next week. Welcome to the Force Dyad Podcast, a Star Wars-centric podcast which aims to connect us fans to our fandom. Each episode, we discuss recent shows, movies, and what's new in books, comics, and gaming. We share our favorite theories and touch on our collectible hobbies, all in an effort to connect the galaxy far, far away to our own. And welcome to episode three of the Force Dyad podcast. You've got Jedi John here with... Obi-Sean. Hello there. Now we're here to break down episodes two and three of The Bad Batch on Disney+. Plus. Uh, really excited to get into these two episodes. Honestly, we got uh, some good details in each one. Um, and then, you know, it's a it's a kids' TV show, so you got those filler episodes to kind of... Some character move, building. Yeah, some character building and move the, move the story along, but also you get to know your characters a little better for mm-hmm. um, everyone to kind of get it gain those attachments piece a couple things for uh for future episodes as well yeah and then it gives us the opportunity to dig into them really hardcore because well we're nerds it's what we do (laughs) and uh uh first we're gonna plug some socials ah yes 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 and Um, then we'll uh jump right in yep so uh so on on the socials you can find us uh on twitter at force dyad pod and then you can find us on instagram and facebook uh, by searching the force dyad podcast so uh, and then as far as uh, where you can find the podcast currently, we're on uh, Anchor uh, and Spotify and Pocket Cast currently with Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc. Uh, on the way. On the way. On the way. Really excited stuff there. Like, um, It's amazing how they just link up everything and they get us out there. So really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so uh, we'll just roll right into episode two. Um, so cut and run was the name of the episode, uh, which gave us our um, secret person that we were going to go find on a planet. A reintroduction to a, to a face we've seen a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so we run into Cut and his entire family again on a planet... Seleucami. Seleucami. I didn't want to mis- mispronounce <laughs> it, so I'm glad you had that down. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's obvious from the get-go that the uh, clone force 99 has been there before um, and cut knows them very well mm-hmm. for whatever reason, um, which um, is cool. It's cool. He immediately asked where crosshair is um, and they, he, they get the rundown that Rex has already been there and they told him about some inhibitor, well, the chips, microchips in their head. Yeah. Rex explained to, to cut, you know, what was kind of going on with the, with the clones attacking the Jedi um, and, and Rex and cut have a history uh, from from back in the Clone Wars, um, yeah, TV Rex got, series. Yeah, Rex got separated from his uh, platoon and mm-hmm. um, during the Battle of Seleucami. Yeah, and uh, Cut took him in mm-hmm. uh, while he was injured, and then ended up helping him um, defend his um, homestead. homestead from droids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty simple. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then, but uh, so we know Rex was there the day before Clone Force 99 got there. And obviously during this time, everything is moving pretty quickly with Order 66 just happening. Uh, Rex was not on that planet and when he had crashed with Ahsoka. So he got there somehow. Right. Um, and they asked where they was going. He didn't know. Uh, so Rex, Rex is still in the in the wind there. Mm-hmm. Um, we will meet him later. I'm thinking we will. Um, well, according to the trailers, we do. We definitely meet him later. Just a matter of where. Yeah, right. Whether it be now or Rebels, right. whichever one. We're right, gonna exactly. find him. We're going to find him later. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's really cool that they had already known about Cut and also were keeping that a secret. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of interesting. And then Omega jumped right in when uh, Cut mentioned the microchip and was like, Oh, the inhibitor chips? Yeah, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And everyone is very confused, yeah. except for... It, except, well, except, for, except for Omega and Tech. And, and Hunter's like, you know, what? Uh, you didn't tell us it was a chip. And he's like, how did you think it worked? You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it it's lost on Tech that not everybody possesses his level of uh, intellect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told you they were programmed, dude. What do, what do you think I meant? Right. Um, really, really good scene, though. And uh, we learn immediately that Omega has some extra knowledge that most of the clones do not, even though she is a clone herself mm-hmm. um, in the special project, which is, I guess, Clone Force 99, special project. Um, but yeah, so um, Cut and his family have decided that with the Empire moving in, they need to get off planet as soon as possible. Quickly. And uh, one of the things now that they have to have to get off planet is a chain code. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for them, if he tries to go and get a chain code, he will be found out as a deserter and... Most likely executed, I would guess, right? Or more, more than likely, or at least at least imprisoned. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and and you figured the chain code is, I guess, akin to a social security number or something like that. Except they were applying them to vehicles as well, so it's like right. the VIN number or a social security number. So. Yeah, the Empire is definitely trying to like really wrap their hands around what's going on for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we also see um, Omega start to react with. Um, a new planet that she's never been to. She's only seen water on Camino, so um, she found dirt. That was interesting. She mm-hmm. just was in um, amazement, and Tech was like, "That's dirt." Well, and she's and she, she you know she gets to play with with cuts. Uh, well, his adoptive kids. Yeah. And you know, kind you, you kind of start to see her. You know, you see her as a child. You know, and I think that's something we'll talk a bit about when we do the breakdown uh, after the recap. Just just some of the 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 overarching or or you know the groundwork they're laying uh, from a character standpoint with her. Yep. Um, so Tech comes up with a plan that says, hey, they're impounding ships right now to put chain codes on them, so let's get our ship impounded. <laughs> we'll just act like it's been deserted, and we'll stow away on it until we get there. And unfortunately for him, it's a great plan, except Omega is just chilling up, up front in the mm-hmm. captain's chair, and uh, so they've got a little a little extra person, so... It's Echo, Tech, and Omega getting impounded. Mm-hmm. And um, that puts everything kind of in motion for the rest of the episode. Uh, the family loads up with Wrecker and Hunter and um, starts to head towards the city. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of course, we find a little bit of trouble on the, on the landing pad, uh, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, they get clamped down, which I guess they didn't think was going to happen, or maybe it did, and they were like, this should be simple. Um, but Echo has to go sneak into one of the guard posts to create um, chain chain codes for, uh, well, he was told to get them for five people, mm-hmm. even though he originally 
we all thought they were only doing it for four. But he grabbed an extra one because Hunter was trying to send Omega off with Cut. Yeah, he was trying. To, he family. was trying to give her what he presumed to be uh, the life that she she, she needed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, well, she didn't like that idea very much. So, um, but it worked out because um, during the battle, she obviously came back and helped. Uh, and uh, it was it was interesting to watch Clone Force ninety nine kind of react to. Okay, well, we can handle all these clones, but now I have to worry about this kid. Mm-hmm. That's not in the way, but also it's an extra thing. Right, exactly. So, it's not a soldier. You know, we're, we're not used to, right. to, to to dealing with somebody like this. Right, and uh, because at that point they had thought that she was gone mm-hmm. with, with Cut and uh, his family. So Yeah, they're getting ready to blast off, and all of a sudden she's, she's like, hey, wait for me, and, you know, jumps over jumps over the boxes on the, or the, or the cargo that's there on the, on the landing pad, and uh, almost gets her. Well, she does get herself caught, uh, uh, tagged up by um, one of the uh, one of the clone troopers, and Hunter has to go and basically yep. rescue her. You know, um, it's a pretty cool like shootout scene. Um, but uh, ta- or Echo Echo is unable to get the the clamp off the, the clamp off, and so Wrecker, being Wrecker, just goes and just rips it <laughs> rips it right off the bottom of the ship, and uh, and yeah, they're able to. Uh, to, to, to take off and yeah they're and able to away. escape the planet cut and his family get off the mm-hmm. planet with uh forged chain codes mm-hmm. for themselves despite almost being discovered oh yeah they they did have that scene on the ship um like at the boarding they're getting ready to board and and, and the one the clone officer overseeing it goes hey you look familiar and then just as he's presumably about to make the connection they're like hey we've got a problem over the landing pad so uh so fortunately they're spared there and and they get to board and we don't know where they go. I don't think it's known where, where, where yeah, they, they take off to. So they didn't say where they were going. They just, I mean, the entire time we just have to get off planet. Correct. So good for them. Um, successful mission, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, no casualties. That's a good one. And, uh, yeah, that kind of closes out episode two. What, uh, you know, out of 10, what would you give the episode? I, it's a solid, like seven. I mean, nothing crazy happened during it. Um, it was really just one of those move some story details along, move mm-hmm. the, some character development. We got to see a few things I know we're going to go into. Uh, but yeah, I'd give it like a seven. Mm-hmm. That's solid. I mean, solid episode, nothing special. Yeah. I mean, comparing it against episode one is, I mean, you can't, it compared to episode one, I, I, you know, everyone thought it was a letdown uh, yeah. or Which, s- slow or, you know, well, I mean, you're talking about three days after episode one, too. We didn't even have a week to process episode one. So, That's true. Uh, and it was 70 minutes. So we're talking about half the half the time mm-hmm. for the episode and, um, well, less than half the action. Right. Exactly. Sure. I, so, I would agree. Um, I'd probably give it a slightly higher, maybe like seven and a half to, I don't know, seven, well, seven and a half to eight. Um, just because I, I always appreciate, uh, I you know I appreciate the the character building and the and the story sort of development, and and what they're trying I think what they're trying to do with not just Omega's character but but the the clone you know uh, the Bad Batch in general, uh, and and so yeah I I yeah seven point eight maybe to eight I guess for me. Yeah, IMDb uh, and their critics on there have it at a 7.6. So, yeah, right in the middle. Um, Yeah, not a bad episode, just nothing crazy action. Nothing to write home about. Yeah, nothing, yeah. Not forgettable because we did learn a few good details Mm -hmm. that we're going to go into, but 
yeah, really just um, kind of cut and dry. Uh, we have to get off this planet. Cut so, and run. Cut and run. The, 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 the name, you know, the name of the episode is is very fitting for uh, for for the feeling. Um, so so as far as you know, going into a breakdown now, trying to highlight some of the, I guess, bigger pieces. I think the one of the first things we get in the episode is we get to see Omega being a kid mm-hmm. uh, and experiencing a new place, uh, similar to anybody else that's never been on a planet with anything but water, or um, like we saw Ray in a Force Awakens when it's she went to a planet that wasn't just sand. When she went to Taco Don and she's like, I didn't know there was that much green. Right. So, I mean, you get to see that wonderment and as a child, not an adult, even mm-hmm. though Ray was definitely still like blown away by it. You see Omega like bend over, get down. What is this? Like she's curious about what it is. She picks it up, mm-hmm. she, like lets it fall out of her hand, trying to f- kind of just figure it out. And it really was like that moment where you're looking at, her is really just a kid Mm -hmm. not definitely not a soldier definitely not a a normal clone like she's a child exactly and 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 even when the when the when she steps out of the ship for the first time and she sees sun like they don't even have sun on camino it just rains all the time it's like seattle apparently um and so the you know just just it's fun and i actually tweeted about it you know about how innocent the dirt scene was you know it's it's not, it's, hey, it's dirt, right? But you get to see, like you said, just her be a kid and, and, and see her learning and, and experiencing new things that she's never seen before. And it's, it's almost like we'll probably see that to some extent in each episode because everywhere they go will be something new for her. Um, and I think to, to, branch off of that you have the bad batches interactions with her and there's a scene uh, about halfway through where they're playing ball uh her and and uh, cuts two kids and and the ball goes over the fence and they're like okay don't worry about it we'll, we'll we'll go back and get it later and her not knowing any better her wanting to help you know she ends up putting herself in danger by going and getting the ball and she has to be rescued uh from i don't it it's kind of like a saber cat, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was exactly, but yeah. Um, and so, you know, she's she's rescued, and then Hunter just lays into her. Uh, and, and Cut has to stop him and be like, she's a kid. And as a new parent, you know, it's th- this whole episode, and maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much, is I related a lot to what um, Cut's wife said about how kids – their job is effectively to get in trouble. They will find trouble. And as parents, it's our job to protect them. And, you know, it, it instantly made me think of my son and how that's right. Like he doesn't know any better. He's exploring and everything and every, you know, it, it, it poses a potential danger to him. And, and then how I react to him doing these things, to him exploring. It's like Hunter reacting in a way that he's used to you know, like, oh, you should know better and not and failing to realize that she's just a kid and she has no way to know better. She has no clue, right? She's learning and and he's learning, you know, just as any new parent does. Yeah, and that's one of those first moments where I, I think he, even he realized like I knew we had a kid with us. I didn't know what that meant mm-hmm. until right now. And there's a problem here, which is why we get later in the episode him trying to say, 
you just don't belong with us. Mm-hmm. Like that's the problem is uh, we don't know how to take care of you. Exactly. So. And and just understanding that he's making a decision that he thinks is best for her without even, you know, taking into account her, her thoughts on it, right? And granted, she's a kid, but she came with them because she wants to be with them. And it's that's the last scene is her and Hunter speaking. And she says, you know, I have a lot to learn. And he goes, so do I. And so that's going to be something, again, I think that is developed, you know, throughout the season is, you know, and he says, if this is where you want to be, this is where you're going to stay. And so I don't think we have to worry about them trying to ship Omega off uh, anymore. But just that growth, that character growth, um, while it was a slow episode, I, again, personally really identified with with that with that sort of underlying message absolutely i mean and it was it was it was big i mean it's big for them to all grow i know we've seen all the memes out recently with it's like the uh three men and a baby memes but it's the four (laughs) bad batch members with omega exactly uh and, and it's funny and you know um you expect that and you've got the goofball in wrecker and you've got like the really smart one that's just in tech and then echo is just kind of more he's there mm-hmm. but you know and then you've got hunter that's really trying to play dad but has no clue what he's doing so just like most new parents right <laughs> and uh yeah it's just a cool it, it, definitely a cool scene and uh there's a couple of those in the episode even at the end when all that foreshadowing came true really quick this episode where she said kids will find a way to get into trouble mm-hmm. and sure enough i thought you were going with them mm-hmm. and now you're in the middle of a firefight and i have to take care of you gotta rescue you so yeah um really cool stuff um yeah other than that i think the biggest um detail we got the rest of the episode was just the fact that rex had been there the day before mm-hmm. which means he's well we knew he was on the move anyway um i was i didn't know if he was going to re-enlist himself somewhere along the line and then break off later but it seems like he has already just said i'm not going back yeah he's he's on his own i don't i don't know that he would be able to reintroduce himself because well i guess nobody on the nobody else on the ship nobody on the ship made it off so so there's really nobody to report him as being uh you know traitorous uh so yeah my 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 other question um and there may not be a whole lot to expand upon here is uh with cut being a clone why like what is preventing him from you know carrying out order 66 well i i'm gonna i'm gonna play it there's so i've got like three thoughts that i've got for this so the first one is there aren't any jedi around so order 66 was to kill the jedi right so um, unless it's expanded into and help me create a new empire, uh, but I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I think it was to kill the Jedi. Right. So, uh, Cut just didn't have anybody to go after, so he has no effect. That was one of my thoughts. Did you have a thought, or because I, I, I can keep going? Because I've got two more thoughts. Well, you are... you keep going, and then I'll see if 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 something that's you know if what's in my head meshes with what you're thinking. All right. So second. Uh, the inhibitor chip is just has just malfunctioned. Mm-hmm. It completely is not there. Doesn't work, um, which would make sense because he was able to. It allowed him to desert. It, it allowed him place. to desert in the first place. Um, and then the third piece kind of goes. My third thought kind of goes with that is 
that he was also a enhanced clone that they had put into a different troop. Um, and that's why his inhibitor chip wasn't working because most of the bad batch inhibitor chips do not are not effective. So that was kind of my thought on that is like, it's gotta be one of those things. Um, but I mean, he never really showed any enhanced skills. Right. Um, but Other he definitely being a family man and being free thinking, mm-hmm. which is, uh, it's unique. It's unique for a clone. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know though. That's interesting. Cause it, it made me think about what he said as far as him and Rex talking and how Rex was explaining the chip thing and how, I guess he wasn't surprised. Well, he, he didn't come across as surprised. Um, or, or if he, or if he was, I guess he didn't really out portray that to the Bad Batch in discussing it, um, at least not the way that Hunter did. And so, um, like you're saying, may- maybe, maybe he, it, it just doesn't exist in him. Maybe, like you said, maybe it, maybe they didn't put it in him, and and maybe that was a test to, to see if they could remain loyal, under normal circumstances, um, to to without it and so maybe he was because he doesn't look particularly old but he also doesn't look young either so maybe he was an earlier clone like one of the earlier ones and and they tried that out we're like hey we'll we'll experiment like you said Uh, maybe not put that chip in him and then kind of see what happens and well you know he he ended up deserting he ended up going yeah i'm not i'm not going to do this um and and piecing out and i know they go into that in a lot more detail uh in that arc and i think it was season two uh, of the clone wars but um <clears throat> we won't discuss that now but uh it i wonder if they will discuss that at all in future episodes you know why certain people are re- reacting a certain way um because that that might help explain a bit yep okay i think that's that pretty much does it for episode two. I was gonna say anything else that I can't think of anything else notable that I, w- I was when I was watching it. I'm like, yep, that's that's important. Yeah, this That'll is be important. important. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay, let's well, move to episode three. You want to take the lead on the that? replacements? The replacements. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, so we find ourselves uh, on board the ship uh, again. Still has no name. Uh, blasting. Yeah, waiting on that. <clears throat> it's gotta have something. It's gotta have something at some point, and maybe maybe they're, you know. They're uh, they're waiting to re- well they're waiting to reveal it because they want to sell toys for for it but uh, you know I don't want to spoil it but anyways they're they're flying through hyperspace uh, Tech and Echo are arguing about you know if if they had fixed if Tech had taken the time to fix certain onboard components they wouldn't have they wouldn't have all these alarm bells going off and meanwhile Tech is tinkering with this like headset thing which is meant to uh, I guess identify or find the inhibitor chips yeah he said it was a it was it was a scanner yeah and the inhibitor chips and so they're definitely going to look for theirs Mm -hmm. and see if they can remove them because they don't they don't want to be controlled and i think that's also going towards something else down the line but we'll just continue with the recaps right so so blasting through hyperspace they're bickering uh and then all of a sudden uh they drop out of hyperspace out of nowhere um, and end up crash landing. Yeah, failed. Uh, <laughs> Hyperdrive failed. Right. So crash landing uh, on on just a random moon. We, we're not given a, a name of, of the moon. And uh, during the crash, um, Wrecker is seen to just smoke his head on the uh, uh, the lap bar. Well, 
the overhead uh, restraints. And, and all he does is spend the rest of the episode griping about it, um, which actually allows him to do something cool at the end. But um, anyways, they end up crash landing on this moon. And after doing diagnostic, they determine, hey, you know, this capacitor is bad. We got to replace the capacitor. Uh, fortunately, they have one on the ship. Um, Omega tries to uh, to help find it, only to come across Crosshair's gear. Um, they all kind of stand around looking at it awkwardly, um, I guess reminiscing. And Omega makes a comment about uh, effectively he's doing what he's designed to do, and which, again, kind of piques everyone's interest. And then they just leave it there. So, um, uh, so anyways, they, they need to replace the capacitor. Uh, Omega notices that there's, uh, or sorry, not Omega. It was, uh, Echo and Echo and Tech went outside and noticed that there's uh, a critter, critter running around, uh, which they call an Ordo moon dragon. Um, and so, uh, they, they input or they replace the capacitor only have the dragon steal it and then they have to go fetch it. Because they're attracted to, uh, I guess they're, they're like power, to energy and like power. power sources. Yep. Um, so they then cut away. They go back. We go back to Camino, and uh, we see uh, Governor Tarkin uh, now. Yeah, now Governor. Now gov- Governor. Congratulations on the uh, uh, the promotion. Um, again, with Nala say in the med bay uh, with crosshair, and uh, we meet the uh, well, the Imperial officer f- that we see in the hologram in episode two, uh, as a rampart. And he's effectively in charge of coming up with a conscripted, um, squad of, of troopers, um, as part of this get phase out clones and, and bring in the conscripted or the, the enlisted soldiers. And so, uh, they're continuing to experiment with crosshairs inhibitor chip, trying to slowly amplify it even more. Uh, and they decide to put the new elite squad to the test. Tarkin sends the four elite troopers along with Crosshair back to Onderon. And we did find out that they used to be Republic fighters. That is true. And they were not happy with the Republic. That is true. So the the one the uh, the one who's got a big mouth. I don't think they ever actually gave him a name. I think he was E E S O one in the credits. But uh, he basically says that the Empire has done more for them than the Republic ever did. Pay them, feed them give them shelter, et cetera, basic necessities, you know, yeah. human necessities. Um, so yeah, so they're sent to, to Onderon to basically finish the job that the Bad Batch had failed to do previously. Yeah, a, uh, find Saw Gerrera and, and, and take, him, take, of him. Him, take him out. And so, so the, they come upon the same encampment. Um, it appears that they're getting ready to pack up and leave. Uh, and the elite squad, uh, basically ambush them and they take care of them pretty quick they do they they take care of all the all the main soldiers or the main fighting force and the, and there are still civilians there and the it's interesting because just like hunter did with crosshair the elite squad trooper speaks up because hunter or crosshair is there to finish the mission and the mission was to well find and and terminate saw Saw wasn't there, so he's going to finish the mission anyways, uh, which means terminating all the insurgents, ev- everybody. And and the elite squad trooper speaks up and, and exclaims that, you know, I'm not here to be an executioner. I'm here to be a soldier. <clears throat> and Crosshair 
uh, well, immediately just says, so you're not going, you're to not going to find it. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to fi- finish the mission. You're not going to follow orders. And he's like, no. And he turns around and, uh, well, crosshair has a, has swift punishment for a dissenting troop, uh, trooper, excuse me. And again, he says, good soldiers follow orders. Uh, and so he, he tells the remaining troopers to finish, finish the, the job yep. and we get Short of Anakin, actually, it's probably on par with Anakin offing the younglings. Yeah, because it's basically just a family. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, they're they taken care of, so to speak. Um, and so we cut back to, to the moon, and Hunter and Omega convinces Hunter to allow her to go with him on the search for the capacitor. Um, they're kind of ambushed. Uh, yeah, just a quick attack. Yeah, the dragon. yeah. He 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 leaves the capacitor kind of out. Quick attacks Hunter, uh, Pikachu style, and knocks, off knocks the mask, mask yeah. knocks the mask off. So he he's basically incapacitated. Omega takes his blaster, jumps down the chimney, the the tube, the yeah, the cave, lava okay, tube, cave, cave, whatever. Yeah, that the that the dragon climbed had climbed into to track it down. Um, she ends up finding the dragon distracting it with her flashlight and grabbing the capacitor and coming back out. And, uh, I definitely got that. Um, well, I guess we'll finish the recap, but I, it, was, it was interesting during that scene because, uh, the creature was like angry and then kind of settled I, down. I think I know where you're going so, with this. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up. We'll talk about that, yeah. uh, d- during the breakdown. And so, so she finds the capacitor. She's able to, to lure the dragon, I guess away or, or into its corner uh, with her flashlight and she scurries back out after Hunter finally comes to and realizes Omega is not there. Um, she finishes the mission and, uh, and we come back to the ship and there's a surprise waiting. Oh, well we go back to Camino with the troopers coming back and they realize that one's missing and, and Tarkin, he, he's, he, seems to be on board with the clones, the elite clones training the conscripted uh, or enlisted troops, uh, which yeah. is what Rampart is his uh, project war mantle. I think is what they've, they, they've dubbed it, which is the sort of the phasing out, I guess, of, of the clones and, and building the, the stormtrooper Right. But the, the galactic clones, army, but the clones with the, or the, the Imperial army, the, me. the highest level, I guess, for inhibitor ship and stuff like that. Like they're like, they can be in charge. Right. The elite ones. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, so that'll be actually interesting to see how that progresses, uh, throughout the season. And then last scene, we cut back to the ship. Um, and, and they celebrate Omega for effectively completing the mission. And at the beginning, uh, during ration time, Wrecker was going to take her food and Hunter made a comment that she didn't even have a room to to sleep in, and so Hunter or Wrecker took stuff from around the ship and actually created a room for Omega uh, up in the uh, gunner gunner seat. Yeah, I the think. Right gunner seat. Yeah, and uh, the rear gunner seat, and so she now has her own place. She's she's part of the crew, one of the crew, you know. And so and and it just and the episode ends with her smiling, you know, in in her space and and kind of looking, I think, up out. Um, and, and yeah, and it cuts off. So 
uh, as far as the episode goes, the I would probably give it again probably maybe an eight. The the crosshair sort of scenes, while very dark, and you know, it, yeah, I mean, dark's probably the the best way to describe it. It does a lot, I think, for to to explain where he's at as a character, um, mostly against actually entirely against his will, and and then you know the the. I guess for all intents and purposes, fetch quest of <laughs> go fetch uh, the capacitor that the that the monster stole. Um, I, even that, while I mean it's necessary to show that Omega is capable, as well as potentially hint at some of the, some of the other skills she might possess. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it a I'd probably give it an eight. What about you? I'm right in that eight eight and a half range. Uh, if I was having my kid watch this with me i it'd be tough because the crosshair scenes are really dark yeah for for a children's cartoon it's it's dark <sighs> um and you know i know this is probably meant for the 12 to 15 year old kid but uh yeah any younger than that i mean you'd be explaining stuff like you'd really have to explain stuff and yeah but i overall yeah an eight and eight and a half uh, that crosshair scene was was dark and it kind of showed, I mean, it shows you the beginning of what they're doing, which is, um, will evolve into stormtroopers and elite squadrons or death troopers and, um, any of those special forces. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and Ram- Rampart talked about the, um, the trooper and how with more training and more time and more soldiers, we can make this work, mm-hmm. but exactly. I need more resources for it. Kind right. Of thing. So, uh, that was good. And then, yeah, I mean, Omega coming through with the mission. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, like right in that eight, eight and a half. That's probably a sweet spot. Yeah, and IMDb gives it an eight. So Solid, solid eight. Yeah, <laughs> solid episode. Uh, again, um, nothing too crazy happened. That was, I guess, unexpected. Um, so I did, We did gloss over the biggest thing at the end of the episode with uh, with Lamase and, and Nalasu. Oh, yeah. That was did. kind of important. I mean... We'll talk about that in the they, breakdown. Yeah, it's, but they, it, it's not critical to something else is going on, right? Yeah. There's I, some there's some other plays here now. I suppose it's not as critical to the overall recap. No, um, but we'll talk about it in the breakdown. Yeah, so um, I guess to start with a breakdown, we glossed over this one too in the in the recap. But on the crash landing, Wrecker hits his head pretty good, mm-hmm. and he starts like really rubbing like. And we haven't seen Wrecker other than when he was shot. Um, in any kind of like instance where this is a problem, I just worry about oh, if it hit his head, what happens if it knocked his inhibitor chip mm-hmm. to a position where he might respond to orders? Because he's he's grabbing like I mean he whines about it the entire episode basically, and every every time he touches his head, mm-hmm. it's right in that area where the inhibitor chip should be. Yeah, and from what we've seen in previous clones, mm-hmm. yes. So. I'm curious to see if uh, it, that turns into anything. I think that um, Wrecker is just—I—I I don't know if you can make him evil. I—I I, for the show purpose, like mm-hmm. uh, just because he's the fun one. He's a lovable goof. Yeah. So it, it'd be hard to say. Yeah, let's just go ahead and flip that switch on him. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be different if they were had to deal with like tech as a 
as a bad guy for a minute before. Oh, the evil genius? Mm, that, yes. That would be a good one. Well, and I I think if it is something with his inhibitor chip that he'll be the first one that tech uses his new right. gadget on um, to try and, <clears throat> you know, one, see what's going on, and then two, it, maybe there's... Uh, Maybe there's some way to control it with it. I'm not sure. But but yeah, for a guy who got shot with a blaster bolt, he sure was complaining about his head hurting a lot, like a lot more yeah. than, than when he got shot. So um, it, it's probably a decent guess to, to, to assume it's the inhibitor chip. Yep. Yeah, that's just my, my thought on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the next part of it would be um, skipping ahead to that shadow dragon, mm-hmm. the moon dragon, the Ordo moon dragon. Thank you. I don't know. What's your thoughts on Omega and how she dealt with that? It reminded, I think, and I think this is maybe where your thought was. So there's a couple, right? So it's either, it's either, it's the beast master skill that a Jedi possesses, both that Anakin displayed in the the Genosian arena with um the 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 reek right yeah. was was the the triceratopsy looking yeah. bull thing yeah. and then also ray with the sand, sand snake, snake thing yeah. um that she had to steal the or had to get the the sith dagger f- back from yeah um both you know possessing that ability to calm a beast without really I mean, I mean, Anakin did the whole handout thing, but, uh, I mean, it's almost like an innate skill and it's actually one that you learn in for video game fans, Knights of the Old Republic. You can actually teach yourself that skill, um, in the Jedi tree. So, and I mean, Ezra showed off that skill a lot in rebels also, like he would physically control animals for him and his friends to escape on or anything else. So, uh, we've seen that skill many, many times and, the way she calmed him, the dragon, if she did, mm-hmm. I mean, it's potentially like, because she saw, shined the light in his face, he'd scream. He freaked out. He freaked out. And then she turned it off for a second, and then turned it back on, and he didn't He didn't freak out. Mm-hmm. And then she threw it off to the side and let him have it, kind of thing, like a like a stick. And then he had this, cool, stick. And he had this cool like glow, glow stick effect when, yeah. he was, when he was munching on it. So... Uh, it's just, it's just, everything's just kind of leading more and more for my theory of Omega is potentially force sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so, um, good stuff there. Um, is, is there anything else you want to talk about on that scene or on that particular scene? No, 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 no. Um, and then we did catch her talking to Crosshair or not Crosshair talking to Hunter about Crosshair during the episode saying maybe there's a chance that we can help him. Oh Yeah. Uh, and that goes off my theory from last week was I think they're going to try to turn Crosshair back mm-hmm. um, throughout the throughout the show this season, which with a scanner being made, Omega saying that during this episode, I think that that's the direction they're going to eventually at try, least try try to go. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a good point. You know, it's that he didn't want to leave him behind, and she's like, well, let's let's, let's get not, him back. Let's go get him. So uh, yeah, that'll. I'll be really curious, especially with how he acted in this. It was weird, a weird juxtaposition because they're like, hey, let's go rescue him. And then he's, he's, you know, executing civilians. Actively just killing people. Right. And so 
that that's going to be a that's going to be a long pullback. Um, or maybe it's as simple as just turning down the volume on his inhibitor chip. Yeah, I guess and, we'll see. And we did skip over something with Crosshair while we're on his topic. Is uh, we brought up during the recap that they they came upon his gear on the ship. Well, at the end of the episode, when the Elite Squad gets back, they go into Clone 99's mm-hmm. barracks, and Crosshair is back in his bunk. Mm-hmm. But he walks back in. You see the the stuff, uh, the markings for the tally mm-hmm. marks on the wall for the missions completed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looking around. I, I think there's a piece of him that is remorseful. Oh, he's sad. I think he's sad. Uh, but, like, he's doing what good soldiers do. Mm-hmm. So, and... And the room was clean. The barrack, there, oh the, yeah, well the barrack was was yeah. you know bright and shiny clean. Yeah, so it, that was a, an interesting how they came upon his gear early in the episode. Then they closed out with him getting back to where they would have been. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was interesting too in that scene back in the barracks because you know each person has or seemed to have at least on the one side that they showed have something etched or painted on the on the wall of their bunk. I think there was a skull. Um, and I think there was another one on the back bunk, but then Crosshair's bunk is just, it's bare. It's very, again, very matter of fact, it's where he sleeps and that's, that's it. He doesn't, you know, and again, I think it goes kind of back to his personality of, of being very straight, straight laced, kind of cynical, that sort of stuff. Like he sees his job as being a soldier and, and nothing more. Yep. And then that takes us to, I guess, the final scene when we uh... the big scene. I mean, like that's I think the most uh, theory worthy scene of you know uh, certainly of the episode, perhaps yeah, what in, was, in, entirely you know. What was Lamasu so and Nase talking about? Right. So exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, because we know we know they're talking about Clone Force ninety nine. Mm-hmm. It's very evident that they need one of them back because. Um, Django's strain is, I, I mean, diluting too much mm-hmm. now. It's, so, I mean, it's a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. You're gonna, you're gonna slowly degrade that source file so if you they look need, at it from a computer. So they standpoint. need a new host, mm-hmm. and they want to use one of the enhanced clones. Mm-hmm. And so, whether that be, whether I mean, we don't know which one they're gonna go for. Um, I would think, I mean, a hunter or tech would probably be ideal candidates. And we don't know what exactly Omega is yet. Right. But um, if I was going to build an army out of somebody, those would be my... Because Wrecker's big and strong, but that's just it. He's big and strong. Mm. Not a whole lot of tactics there. He gets told what to do. He couldn't. He doesn't even memorize the, the hand signals for what the plans are. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, really interesting stuff there. Well, and, and it, it all stems from the fact that... It, um, Tarkin, you know, is, is, you know, hell bent on getting rid of the clones as fast as possible. And the Kaminoans job is to make clones. And, and so they're, they're quickly, you know, Lama Su is quickly seeing themselves being made redundant and is, they have to figure out, they have to move. I think they even say we have to move to the next phase. Yeah. They have to find out a way to make the empire interested in their product. Right. And so you've got essentially what will become, I guess, a phase three clone because you had your phase one, you had your phase two. Um, like I think Rex was a phase two clone. Yeah. Um, I'm, 
and then so now you're moving to the next phase whether that's phase three or it's called something else i i don't i don't know the other thing i'm really interested on is they said they have to go get one back crosshair is on facility Mm -hmm. so they don't want him they don't want to use him that or they can't anymore well, I mean, they. Could, I mean, I don't see why they couldn't. They but, could just. They could use his DNA. It yeah. doesn't. The inhibitor chip doesn't affect right. his DNA. So yeah, there must be something they, they're looking for. Some some a very specific set of skills. Well, and they <laughs> and and that's what they say. You know, it finishes. Or one of the last things they say is, you know, we just need one, right? And so, it it, it kind of leads into if Omega is force sensitive, it which she probably is that the, it leads into the Empire's, uh, well, Force-sensitive cloning project, right? Um, which we see in The Mandalorian right? Uh, on that outpost, which happens to be in the Outer Rim. And, and so the... It, so it would be the start of that. It would because be... Because that would mean that they're relevant because the, the Emperor would be like... I need that, so keep them around. Right. Otherwise, the Kaminoan people would be probably destroyed for sure. And it and by having force sensitive beings, it would allow Palpatine down the road to basically pass himself off into new force sensitive hosts. Um, you know, and so again, it could be their way of setting up everything that we learned in. Uh, well, learned or were introduced to in the sequel trilogy, the stuff that, again, going back to the Mandalorian, you've got the the Kaminoan scientist who's experimenting on Grogu, who is force sensitive, obviously, hugely force sensitive, baby Yoda, and 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 then we find that outpost in the second season where they have all these clone specimens of presumably for sensitive beings, which is why they're trying to get Grogu back. And so that had to start somewhere. Grogu wasn't the first. I like that. And just to expound on that a little bit, what if it's not one of the clones they need back? What if they need a Jedi? Which goes to the t- discussion of how many, how many altered clones were there. Right. And they have five left. But that doesn't mean that they were five to start with. Def- I mean, it, it implies that there were certainly more than five at one point. Um, and so that's a good point where we're meant to believe that it's one of the one of the Bad Batch or, or Omega, who I guess is part of the Bad Batch now, that you're right. Maybe it is a clone Jedi that nobody knows about. Um, or just a Jedi as a host. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or Sith. Because they're looking for a host. Or Sith. Yeah. Could be. Snoke confirmed. Nailed Snoke. it. Snoke. <laughs> we figured it out, guys. But you that, heard it I, here first. But that is, I mean, that is the, the biggest, the biggest what, what's going to happen. Scene that we've gotten so, so far. So far. And, uh, I mean, how, how it ties into, again, everything else we have from the Mandalorian to the sequel trilogy, because they're going to find a way to explain everything's connected. Everything is connected. And I know that, and I know, I know that they've explored some of the topics in, in the novels and stuff like that. Um, unfortunately I think 
many of the novels aren't considered canon for one reason or another. And, and so whether that those explanations are accepted, I'm going to use air quotes there, um, remains to be seen, but everything, we know everything in these shows, in these upcoming movies, um, everything that is made by Disney is considered canon. And not that canon versus non-canon is important because it's all Star Wars and we can love it all. Um, but if you're trying to connect the dots of a consistent story, this, this, this is probably the building blocks of that, of that, of that arc of that cloning arc for four sensitive beings. Yep. Yeah. So, and I, and I did see, you know, just to, to finish that up, um, the, uh, I've seen it online here over the last couple of days of the tie in to star killer from the force unleashed games and stuff like that, uh, with him being a clone. Um, so I don't know that in my opinion, I don't know that they would make him that, per, you know, it'd be him. Um, I did love those games. They were a blast. Non-canon, but who love didn't love games. to just pick up a stormtrooper and throw him off of, <laughs> throw him off the scaffolding. Yeah. It's the same thing you could kind of do in Jedi fallen order. Right. Which was a lot of fun. It was also a lot of fun. Force stopping a rocket and then force pushing it back and, yeah, here, eat that. No, you take that one. I don't want it. Thank right, you. exactly. Um, so, yeah, so episode three, I, I think, again, ends setting us up for a lot of good stuff, not just with the cloning, with the, you know, the Kaminoans, but also with that transition from clone trooper, you know, as the primary, as the primary soldier to, well, I mean, they eventually are all phased out, but bringing in more enlisted soldiers uh, and then training them or having them trained i'd be curious to see if if they pull in additional clones as elite squad commanders i'm sure they yeah i mean that's got to be their plan because they'll be 100 percent loyal at all times rex would be a good one to do wouldn't that be interesting <laughs> if they turned rex into an elite squad commander and he's the one who ends up tricking crosshair and helping the bad batch capture crosshair yeah that'd be funny that'd be fun that'd be good i mean that's that's you never know right I'm sure we're gonna. I mean, we we already know we're gonna see him. He was in the trailer, so Rex is coming at some point, and we'll see when when he decides to join up and help him out and what kind of mission they're gonna be on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, good stuff. I mean, theory still st- stands for me as far as Omega being force sensitive, Crosshair being turned back over, and, and now we are thinking that if they are after the bad batch, now we have multiple parties interested in mm-hmm. finding and capturing, or at least bring them back to Camino. Crosshair would probably be destroying them, but, Oh yeah. Um, uh, Lama, uh, Lama say, and, um, Lama Sue and Lama say would be, um, interested in at least getting them back at least one. So they have to figure it and out. And the question is, uh, do they need to be warm or cold? Uh, to to put it, uh, I'm thinking they're going to need a lot of blood. Probably, so yeah. Probably oh, that's a good point. Probably warm. That's probably true. Got to study the blood. Right. A good point. That is a good point. So, so but yeah, yeah. I was going to say that wraps up uh, uh, our episode, episode three breakdown. Yeah. Not a lot of uh, new news this week uh, as far as the Star Wars content goes. Uh, we just got through. Uh, May the fourth, so we were a week and a half out of that. So we got the Andor kind of trailer. Oh, we did get the Talk Andor about that real treat quick. teaser. That looked good. It looks great. 
Uh, Diego Luna is going to be phenomenal in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very, very excited for that show. Um, it was just we we didn't get a whole lot of scenes. Mm-mm. It was a lot of like more interview it was type more stuff, like a behind, the scene behind the scenes type scene. thing. Yeah, like hey, we're working on this and it looks really cool. And mm-hmm. when you're building these worlds and sets look great, like the sets they were working on live action looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they'll get to use the volume at all um, for some of the space. It, it I would like, imagine they would. It looked like the one uh, shot from the trailer or the behind the scenes i guess is is cassian in a ship in space and it kind of it looked a lot like the, the volume yeah from, i mean after from Mando. after you've seen what the mandalorian's done with that space mm-hmm. and set space you can do so much with i don't it. know why you wouldn't throw every i mean everyone's probably on the list to use that mm-hmm. um so because you can just do so much with it uh i expect i would expect that though uh, and it's probably cheaper than doing it any any other way at mm-hmm. this point. So I, I, I just would, digital render and exactly. Move on. And and I have a feeling they're gonna probably build a couple of those sets. Um, you know, volume one, volume two, volume three. Yeah. And uh, Omni screen <laughs> volume shot in IMAX. So, but yeah, the 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 tra- the behind the scenes or the trailer looks good. Um, looks great. I, I that show has a lot of potential to kind of give us that. Um, that grittier side of you know that you kind of got from Rogue One, yeah. but you get it on a more on a more episodic basis. Yeah, and it, it'll be good too because it's it's it just reminds you that both sides are at war. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogue One definitely reminds you of that, especially when he was talking about you don't know the things I've done. Well, we're gonna find out some of them, and I bet they're not pretty. Mm-hmm. So. It'll be really cool to see that aspect of the the rebellion because they painted it in a really nice picture during the um, original trilogy, and well, it's not always that pretty. Yeah, the rebels are seen as the quote unquote good guys, and I mean the things that were done to achieve victory were, you know, some of them were again just as dark as what Crosshair did to 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 that. Yeah, I always those, go back to the Mandalorian scenes. season two, uh, when Cara Dune is talking to that Imperial pilot on that ship. Oh yeah, and he's he's like, "How many people did you lose on Alderaan or something like that?" Like digging at her, mm-hmm. and then she just said, "Too bad you weren't on the Death Star," or because no, or he said, "I was stationed on the Death Star," and she just said, "Which one?" Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "Millions of people died on those um, starships." Oh yeah, and I'm like. That's a, that's a pretty solid point. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, in our eyes, it was evil, so it was acceptable losses. Right. But millions of people got killed on those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, in yeah. war, in war, there is no good side and bad side. There's, yeah. like, the you know, both sides do things that are ugly. Yeah, war, so. war is is ugly in and of itself, and it's no different for Star Wars. Yeah. So yeah, that that uh, that that uh, comes out twenty twenty two. Um, yes. I think is what it said. So, uh, yeah, I'm hope. Well, we'll be looking for more, uh, more actual, I guess, real trailers with yeah. with with scenes and stuff. But it's gonna get the same. It's gonna get the Mando treatment, I'm sure, with kind of that movie, that movie budget. And uh, I don't think they're gonna spare any expense with with these upcoming shows, both you know, Andor, Kenobi. Um, I really do wish they would do a multiple seasons of that too but i don't know if they're going to i don't from what, i know they're slated for 12 episodes now i just I, that might be it is it 12 yeah okay because i think last i saw was eight so that's nice at least they're giving us four extras yeah and it's possible that that's still going to change i mean it's still very early 
yeah. I, 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 fingers crossed for, for, yeah. I'm hoping multiple, we multiple season seasons. Ken- Kenobi. It but. does say season one, and it's open ended 2022 through. There's no like for Kenobi or Andor. Andor. Okay, okay so Andor's so twelve Andor, episodes. Twelve episodes, yeah. Okay. Kenobi, yeah, that I was. I think Kenobi's one. eight. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um. So we're just mixing and matching there, but I think I think Kenobi is a limited run, though. I wish we'd get more. So if we're only going to get eight episodes or whatever, I, I'm hoping that they're maybe an hour long, um, a la like a Game of Thrones episode or something like that. So. Uh, yeah. I think there's only six on there right now. Oh, that's going to suck if that's, it's only six. Yeah, it's a just TV miniseries. Hmm. Yeah, because it's just, it's just Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? That's the name of it. Uh, I I thought it was just called Kenobi, but yeah. I mean, if it's got Ewan McGregor in it, then it's the right show. <laughs> yeah, it's so confusing because there's a freaking Obi-Wan. Right, so there's a Kenobi, a Star Wars story, but it was like a fan film. Oh, yeah. From uh, that's actually really pretty and, solid, and it had James Arnold Taylor playing. If it's the same one, it has James Arnold Taylor as the Imperial officer who's fighting, uh, well, the Obi Wan Kenobi in in the fan film. And again, for those of you who don't know, James Arnold Taylor played or voiced, voiced Obi Wan uh, in, in, in the Clone Wars. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but that show looks uh, Kenobi. Obi Wan Kenobi looks great. Um, uh, you've got. First of all, Deborah Shaw is the mm-hmm. director for it, which she did a phenomenal job with her Mandalorian episodes. So I can't wait to see what she brings to Obi Wan. Um, but they've already announced so many cast members. Like Hayden Christensen is Darth Vader mm-hmm. in in the show, so we'll get to see him. Uh, it'll be great. And I have a theory on on uh, whenever we get to kind of our our, our pre pre show episode on on Kenobi. I have a, I have a theory. Uh, yes on on that that links kenobi and invader so yeah but uh we can't wait till i mean we've got all kinds of great shows Mm -hmm. between um visions and um rangers of the new republic um ahsoka coming up like yeah i'm really excited to see acolyte of the shows that were announced you know a few months back I think Acolyte is going to be one that I'm I'm looking forward to most, just because we don't get a Sith side of any story of anything. Yeah, and so to to give us kind of a, a background in in visual form, you know, obviously it's been explored in 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 print. Yeah, to to a, lo- a huge extent, um, it'll be fun to to get that in in visual form um, beyond what we know of with Vader and uh, Maul and savage and, and and those it'd be cool that those 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 folks so well and then they could go deeper like a uh, nice little republic type acolyte so they mm-hmm. can go really deep with that so we'll have to see what kind of time period we're looking at for it yep really good stuff well um i think that brings us to the end of the episode yep um we'd ne- be ne- we'd be crazy not to mention our uh flagship um podcast uh galactic dads um those guys do a great job over there so if you have time um they post weekly also, so um, go give them a go give them a listen over on Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts, but really anywhere you get your uh, podcast from. Yep, and follow them on uh, Twitter at Galactic Dads. Um, I pretty much every every every, every social every is social at Galactic, is Dads. Galactic yep. Dads. So um, so yeah, give give them a follow, give them a listen. Um, they're they're putting out good content, 
good content uh, weekly. So, and then for us, um, our next episode will cover. Uh, we'll recap episodes four and five. Yeah, uh, we'll unless see what we unless can do. four unless unless four, you know, gives us a reason to to do a, a separate one. Um, yeah, two and three were nice just to kind of combine together. They weren't um, they weren't linked together, and mm-hmm. so it gave us a shot just to do both of them with the same episode and have some separate theories. And yep, yep, it's good stuff. Cool. And anyway, it wasn't seventy minutes to cover. So that's true. You the, know that always helps. The thirty, the twenty-seven to thirty-minute episodes are, are are nice little, nice little morsels. Uh, it's not too much to digest. So. All right, but uh, until next time, thanks for listening and. May the force be with you.